and he preached the basic gospel message and then asked people to go to the front. And I was really struggling. Uh, I wanted to go to the front because I thought at that time that going to the front was the way that you get saved, was the way that you show. And in one sense, it makes sense that you show your stand for Christ. But I couldn't do it because I was so afraid that if my father found out, he would kill me. And, uh, and I saw the first night that we went to the meeting, I did not go. And, but yet I could not sleep that night. I thought if, if what he said was true, that the Son of God shed his blood for my sins, then for me to not fail, you know, not to go forward, not to own him as my Lord and Savior, was indeed the greatest sin. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and we rejoice in this opportunity to bring the gospel of our Lord Jesus to you. Wherever you are today, may the Lord draw near, encourage your heart, and bless you richly. Over these weeks in the month of March, we have been looking at a number of various religions, and today we're turning to the subject of Sikhism. We have a special visiting speaker today, the Reverend Kuldeep Gangar, he himself is a convert from Sikhism, and when we were doing this series in our church, we invited the Reverend Gangar to come and tell his own story of how the Lord saved him and brought him from the Sikh religion to biblical faith in the Lord Jesus. We're thankful for his ministry, and we trust the Lord will bless you today as he gives us some insights of what it was like to grow up in the Sikh uh, religious community and to uh, be brought to faith in the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And we're just thankful of the power of God to work such miracles in the hearts of his children. And we have to believe today that God has a people amongst those who are Sikhs. And may the Lord use us to be living witnesses and may our church be equipped that we might be uh, faithful ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus to those even around us that need the Lord and need the gospel of our Lord Jesus. You can be a missionary right here in your community, and the Lord can use you to be a living witness to your neighbors and friends who need the gospel. I trust that we will learn some vital lessons today how to be that witness and we're thankful that uh, the Reverend Gangar has made this emphasis that we need to equip ourselves, we need to equip our churches, and we need to be living in a manner that will be winning to those of other uh, religions that need the gospel. And let us be earnest in prayer that God may use us to win men to the knowledge of our Lord Jesus. So stay tuned as we turn today to the ministry of Reverend Gangar. First of all, our hymn, Jesus Paid It All.
mentioned, uh, we are looking at Sikhism, and we have the Reverend Kuldeep Gangar, who is ministering today on his own testimony, converted from Sikh religion to biblical Christianity. May the Lord bless you through his word today. I really appreciate uh, this opportunity uh, to speak concerning how to reach the Sikhs for the gospel, not because I'm an expert, uh, and because uh, many people have come through my ministry, uh, but because I was a former Sikh, and the Lord has uh, changed me by His grace, and I have a desire and a burden that others of those who are from uh, the country, uh, India and Punjab, uh, who are of the Sikh religion, may also be changed. Now the pastor's question, I hope... Uh, uh, will be answered in the course of time, but both terms have been used, Sikhs and Sikh, uh, so there is no uh, one particular right way, uh, at least that I'm aware of. Maybe somebody else uh, who is a Sikh, who has advanced knowledge, may correct me at the end. Um, you know, I was a little, uh, found myself in a little bit of difficulty that I'm used to on the Lord's Day, preaching. <laughs> and uh, so, it kind of was a struggle within me to speak on Sikhism because you may not feel in the same way edified as you would if I was expositing the word of the living God. And I hope you would forgive me that that's the nature of the topic. And though there are things in it that speak of the Lord's word and how it guides us in these matters, that it's not a sermon as such. Maybe another time I would be glad to preach a sermon. <laughs> Uh, but this is not a topic that uh, leads itself to that. Now, uh, some of the knowledge that is derived is not something that I've got from books. Uh, some, there may be some people here tonight who are from Sikh religion, and they may think, well, uh, he's been brought up in the West, so he's got his knowledge from Western books and maybe misrepresent the Sikh religion. I have actually talked to many religious uh, leaders uh, the Granthis in uh, Gurdwaras and those who go around the churches are speaking on Sikhism. And I've had opportunity to speak to them directly. Uh, and so the information that I give is derived from uh, first-hand knowledge and not merely in reading books on the topic. Let me uh, begin briefly uh, with the, my own conversion and how the Lord worked in my life and in the life of my family, there may be an encouragement to others who uh, are here tonight and uh, who may think that to reach Sikhs is very hard. Indeed, to reach anyone is very hard because we're all born and conceived in sin and our, our hearts are hard until the Lord works his miracle of grace. So we must get you know, rid of the notion that just because somebody speaks a different language or is from a different culture, that it is hard. Every sinner is hard to reach, but by the grace of God. My story begins uh, with my father leaving India uh, in the 1950s, 
and uh, coming to going to England, and with the purpose of, like most a lot of people, uh, with making a lot of money quickly and going back to India, that was his dream to go back to India to buy a piece of land, which uh, you know then he would farm with his family and live a comfortable life. But the Lord, in His grace, uh, did not have that purpose fulfilled. Instead, he worked for five years in England and developed a lung problem uh, that led to a major operation that he had to have. And the doctors gave him five years to live. And we were small at the time, so he thought, well, it would be no good uh, me going back to India and buying land with children that are so young. I would be dead. And uh, so it's best for me to buy a house in England and bring my family over so that when he passes away, uh, that uh, his wife could work at least and get some, uh, some form of help from the government and survive. Well, that was the first uh, move in God's providence to bring us to Christ. Because uh, when we came to England, of course, we were the first family in our town. And uh, that really helped because we had to uh, learn English. They all thought we were American Indians. Uh, they ruled they ruled India and yet they did not know what an Indian was in that town so they sang us war songs uh, <laughs> thinking we were that kind of Indians um, and they didn't understand anything about the Sikh religion uh, we had I had long hair my brothers had long hair and they mistook us for girls and that was very embarrassing in the early years of our school life and thinking that we already knew English even though we didn't know a word of English they just treated us as if we were English. And so it took us quite a number of years, with my parents being not learned and not having gone to school themselves, for us to learn English. And most of our English was learned through the TV. Uh, so if I use a slang word, you'll excuse me. <laughs> it's because I was raised on TV at that time. But the Lord in His mercy, because of uh, we had to learn English very quickly. And... Um, we were not used to some of the behavior maybe in schools that uh, in a strict environment in India that we had grown up. Um, but there was one teacher in the school who taught religious education. Now, in England, religion was taught twice a week. And in the 1960s that we grew up, it was, it was Christianity. By the time I became a teacher in an English uh, school, it became teaching anything but Christianity. They took the word religion to mean every other religion in the world except Christianity. So things changed. Uh, but at that time, however, it was the New Testament was read, the Bible was read, basic uh, teachings on what uh, Christianity uh, holds were taught. And there was one teacher that I hated because I wasn't a sports person and he made me do things that I never thought was imagined, you know, could be done. And, uh, but he became my instructor in religious education. And I realized why he was very strict, and he was respected as a teacher, though many people didn't like him because he was strict. And as he taught the New Testament, I began to realize where his ethics, where his you know, ways came from. And I was drawn to the study of God's Word in uh, the New Testament. And then in... Uh, a number of years passed. I was 16 at the time. He asked me that there was a rally by Billy Graham going on in town in Leicester. And, uh, and he suggested that I go. 
And I went, and you know, in Billy Graham rallies, uh, it was just a screen, it wasn't live. Uh, people go to the front. And he preached the basic gospel message and then asked people to go to the front. And I was really struggling. Uh, I wanted to go to the front because I thought at that time that going to the front was the way that you get saved, was the way that you show. And in one sense, it makes sense that you show your stand for Christ. But I couldn't do it because I was so afraid that if my father found out, he would kill me. And, uh, and I saw the first night that we went to the meeting, I did not go. And, but yet I could not sleep that night. I thought if, if what he said was true, that the Son of God shed his blood for my sins, then for me to not fail, you know, not to go forward, not to own him as my Lord and Savior, was indeed the greatest sin. And so I decided that whatever happens, the next day I'm going to go again. And so the next day I went uh, to the rally again. It was a whole week affair. And then this time I went forward. And in God's uh, kindness, he uh, connected me with a Baptist minister who had three young daughters. And uh, he took me in to his family as, as a son. That is, he always had his door open. And uh, I was a very somebody who loved to question things. And, and he would invite me in all the time and just... Uh, and I loved to argue, and he didn't mind that either. He let me argue. And then he said, well, called it, but you know, you may be right, but here's a good book that speaks on that subject. Maybe you can point out the errors in this book. <laughs> and he never gave me direct answers all the time, but he always led me to read. And I read most of the Banner of Truth books. And it really opened my eyes to the truth. I didn't realize that he himself was undergoing persecution because the congregation he was in did not like a reformed teaching. And he was, uh, they were trying to get rid of him. But all the time, he never once led on that to me. And I think I was in some way a comfort to him because I was lapping up and taking in all the teachings that he was giving. Well, the Lord, uh, through him, taught me much. And I grew uh, in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then the battle began because soon as my parents found out, my father was... Uh, well, he was violent, and he thought he could beat it out of me uh, to the point where there were times when I could, you know, literally jump out of a second-story building. Uh, there were times when he said to my sisters, get the knife, I'm going to slit his throat. Uh, you know, I did not hate my dad because I realized that for him, I was the eldest son in the family, and this was a loss of respect in the community. And uh, he, he, you know, it, it wasn't that he didn't love me. And I didn't hate my father. I realized what he was going through. Um, so, you know, we, well, I kept at it. <laughs> and he kept at it too. And it seems the power of the living God, uh, you know, broke him down. My, my brother became a Christian. My sisters became a Christian. There were seven siblings. And six of them became Christian. And my mother would say to me, Kuldip, why do you have to speak about Christianity? Just keep quiet. You know, every time there would be violence in the home. And uh, then the Lord touched her heart. And she became saved. 
And then she would say to me, tell him, tell him. Because she was so concerned about her husband. That was, to me, that was a sure sign uh, that she had been changed by the grace of God. Her faith wasn't as deep. Uh, she wasn't red. But I could see her love for her husband, that she didn't mind if she got beaten in the process. She wanted me to tell her husband. And it, after 12 years of this going on, my father bowed the knee to Christ. And for 20 years of his life, he treated my mother like a queen. She was diabetic. She was blind. She'd gone blind because of diabetic. And he had to administer insulin needles to her, give her the medicine. He cooked. He cleaned the house. He did everything for her. I believe that was because of the Lord's grace in his life. And the pastor said when he passed away in 1999, he said whenever Mr. Singh opened his mouth in the church, it was always to share what he had read in the word of God. You know, he put me to shame. I'm a minister of the gospel. I ought to, you know, be in the word that often. But you know, so many things often take you away from the word. But he spent three hours every day reading the word. And quite a number of hours on his knees praying to God for his children, for his grandchildren, for relatives. He went back to India and took the word. He gave money to the village where he belonged and he said, this money is not to build because he had helped build a temple there. He said, I'm not giving this money to add any further. You know, this money is given to do development in the village. And when I went back in 2005 with my brother, that temple, that Gurdwara, was the courtyard in which we were given permission to preach the gospel. So you can see the power of God. 450 people were gathered. And they only allowed us to do that because we were the sons of Mr. Singh. And they knew him well. And even his brother, who's not a believer, said of my father at the time, he said, he said, a lot of people say my father, my brother changed his religion. He says, I don't know about that. But he says, I can say one thing. He changed because my father was an alcoholic. So the Lord transformed my whole family. And my one sister who's not saved, my mother, when she had a stroke, she had to live with her. And she read to her, my mother said, there's one condition I will live with you, that you read to me the Bible. So when I talk to my sister who's not saved yet, when I talk to my sister, she quotes to me the New Testament, and she thinks that they are the words from the Guru Granth Sai, which is the religious book of the Sikhs. And I have to correct her that that's not the case. Now we heard that her daughter has confessed faith in Christ. And so my sister confessed that her life has not been a happy one. And she did not argue against my niece. So the Lord is working, and I pray that he will indeed change my uh, brother-in-law and my sister and other relatives that are still unsaved. My father, instead of the doctors giving him five years to live, lived 40 years. Even the doctors couldn't explain that. With the capacity of the lung that he had, working in a foundry that he had, there was no way. But yet, the Lord had a purpose to save our family. And he lived 40 years. He died in 1999. So I give thanks to the Lord and I pray that any here may never doubt if you have family members who are not saved, a wife who's not saved, or children who are not saved, that you never give up because God 
hasn't given up on you. He saved you. It's a mystery to me why God saves, you know, when you're 30 or 40. Why not save when you're born, uh, you know, right from the womb, as John the Baptist was full of the Spirit from his, from his mother's womb. But that is the sovereign good pleasure of God, and there are purposes beyond our knowing. This evening, I just want to give a brief overview. That's my story uh, in terms of conversion. There's much more in terms of what the Lord did after conversion, but... Um, I want to kind of share with you a few thoughts on uh, how uh, to reach the Sikhs. Let me ask this question in this uh, church first. How many of you believe in universalism? How many of you believe uh, that in the end, all mankind will come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and all will be saved? No one. Listen to this quote uh, by a Southern Presbyterian. Uh, after asking people that that's, you know, they would say no, they do not believe in universalism, Robert L. Dabney, who was a famous uh, Southern Presbyterian, he has this comment to make. He says, the chief practical argument in favor of universalism is doubtless the sinful callousness of Christians towards this tremendous destiny of their sinful fellow creatures. Can we contemplate the exposure of our friends, neighbors, and children to a fate so terrible and feel so little sensibility and make efforts so few and weak for their deliverance? How can our unbelieving friends be made to credit the sincerity of our convictions? He says, here is the best argument of Satan for their skepticism. You know, practically, I mean, verbally, we would not say that we believe in universalism. But our inaction, and the inaction of maybe many churches across the land, speak that they, in the end, either believe in universalism, or they really don't care that their neighbor goes to hell. And why is that? Why is it that so many people uh, do not concern themselves with people of other cultures? Um, it could be out of fear, different culture, different language. It could be even of the idea, well, they have their religion and we have ours. Or it could be plain, we don't care. But there may be other reasons. And the passage that was read tonight from Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, verses 10 to 16, may have something to say to why people don't reach out. In, in the Beatitudes, the Lord speaks about uh, be people being persecuted. That is, if you're going to be light and salt, if you're going to be a Christian, part of the cost will be you will be persecuted. And there are two ways in which a person can escape persecution. One is to be so much like the world uh, that nobody will, nobody will be threatened by you. You, so, you yourself are so compromised that you can hardly bring the word and be a witness to outsiders when your life is no different from theirs. And part of the mentality is, you know, you want to be, uh, you know, like at work, for instance, if you tell dirty jokes or do whatever the others do, you really are not being a Christian at all. It's to escape persecution. That's one way to escape persecution. And the other way to escape persecution is to withdraw. And I think that maybe explains the majority 
of solid Christians. That is, they're solid in their thinking, in their theology, but they have, they have withdrawn. They form like ghettos or pockets uh, you know, of Christianity, but it's all within house, within, in, you know, within the structure. Um, Os Guinness describes such a Christianity as the zoo uh, factor. That is, you know, they don't, people don't mind you being, uh, having your Christianity and singing, doing whatever, long as you keep it in the cage, long as you confine it to the building called the church. But don't tell me about your Christianity at the workplace. They can share anything and everything, but the Christian is often silent because he's afraid of persecution. That was Reverend Kuldeep Gangar and converted from Sikhism. We appreciate the insights that he has given, firstly to his own conversion and to the need for uh, Sikhs to be born again. We need all to be missionaries because missionaries have a message that the world needs. And men and women who are living without Christ, without a Savior, who are living in a realm of other ideas and concepts which are really have no foundation or no basis, men and women need to be brought to the knowledge of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And so what a great mission field we have right here in this part of the world to reach men and women who are in the Sikh religion. Perhaps it's cultural. Perhaps it is something they're born into. Nevertheless, they need the Bible. They need the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to pray that God in his grace will bring men to that saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Join us again tomorrow as we continue this message, part two, and then the following day, part three, and we'll be hearing again uh, Reverend Kuldeep Gangar as he gives us uh, these insights into reaching Sikhs. So may the Lord bless you. Stay tuned with us now for the announcements today as we let the Bible You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, 
please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187-9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway, on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on the station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.